Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Talking Smack, where we talk superheroes, movies, animation, and comics. I'm your host, Josh Scar. Joining me this week to do our first ever looking back segment where we review stuff that came out while we were on our hiatus. Scotty, how you doing today? I'm great. So this week we are doing Godzilla King of the Monsters. So spoiler warning ahead of everything. We're we're gonna just go straight into spoilers. We're gonna talk about things we liked, what we didn't like. With that cliffhanger, we will also be right back with a quick word from our friends at the Fuck My Work Life podcast. Have you ever had a bad day at work? Well, the Fuck My Work Life podcast is perfect for you. Hosts J and K share listeners' entertaining stories from the workplace, which may have you thinking you don't have it so bad after all. Find Fuck My Work Life on your favorite podcast platform. And welcome back. Hopefully you enjoyed that ad from the Fuck My Work Life podcast. That is a podcast that I really enjoy because as Scotty knows, we we worked retail together and that is a podcast that kind of just speaks to my soul as far as being a customer service representative, some horrible days that you just wanted to shut the store down and go home, but you can't because they will fire you and you will be out of a job. Shut the store down, Spartan kick a Karen, you know, the huge. So we're going to jump right in. Hopefully you haven't seen, or maybe you haven't seen Godzilla and you're looking for some opinions. And I think both of us right off the bat, will say that we enjoy these movies for what they are. And we would recommend them. 100%. It's not a, they're, these are easily the, just the whole turn your brain off and enjoy it movies. Just like anything in Pacific Rim, anything like that. If you're going and expecting something deep and meaningful, you're not going to find it unless they change my mind and want to do a sequel and make Godzilla like super passionate. I don't know. I'd like to see it. Let's do it. Let's write it up. I I 100% agree, especially with King of the Monsters, that this is a turn your brain off and just roll with it kind of movie. I have a big butt at the start of this. The the opening sequence is really cool where we get uh, Mothra hatching as a larva and we are introduced to Dr. Emma Russell, played by Vera Fermia, and Madison Russell, played by Millie Bobby Brown. Emma has joined Monarch and they are working to bring back... uh, or like, I don't know, what would you say? They're trying to protect the Titans or they're trying to like help differentiate the threats from kind the... Of, yeah, because they're working on the Orca. That's what she's been working on, right? Is that, that's the beginning, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's called the Orca, yeah. Because they, they base it off of whale sonar and stuff. Because I guess whales have their own alpha that leads the pack or the pod. But there's... There's just one thing about this sequence that bothers me to, to no end. I watched it like three times to be like, am I overanalyzing this? Am I thinking too hard on this? So Mothra hatches, gets a little aggressive because she sees guns and other things. And that's one thing that also kind of bothered me is we get a quick glimpse of how Mothra sees the world, which is through like infrared predator vision kind of thing. And then we never see it again. It's There's nothing to that shot other than let's show how she looks how she sees the world no i i agree with the whole oh look mothra vision let's never show that again that was kind of weird i feel like that had to they wanted to bring that back later in the movie where like maybe godzilla has a specific look to him when mothra is out in the world and they just never bothered going back to it or it got yeah, that cut makes sense. i will say uh vera Flaminga does play the most annoying character in the world in there 
her decision making is like clearly I'm just like the whole time that was the one spoiler for early thoughts or whatever but that was the one thing just watching the movie going god damn she's annoying just like really it is her character is very hot and cold with her her vision I guess we'll say for what she wants to do with what happens um again we're talking spoilers so as far as like the orca with the first time we see the orca I I did when I went back and watched it a couple times I did recognize the sequence of events that's happening so like the the orca kind of pings off the titan and it registers its bioacoustics and they're trying to find the quote-unquote alpha frequency to basically tame the titan or subdue it to the point where it's like oh there's a bigger monster than me that's out there and when she locks onto mothra's alpha frequency the thing registers it before it happens so to me, that just doesn't make sense. I know this is a movie that you're not supposed to really try to make sense out of, but that makes no sense to me where you just punch a bunch of buttons or like spin a couple dials. Then it's like, you got it. That's it. Hit enter. I think you need you needed to flip it where she's just trying frantically to get those sequences in and find that frequency. And then all of a sudden it just stops. And then she presses a button and it's like alpha frequency registered. I don't think that the computer should be smart enough to be like, there it is. Okay, just go. I don't know, unless they can explain it like they've been, you know, so they've been testing on her for so long and monitoring it. that They've just attuned it beforehand kind of deal. There's really no explanation for it. They kind of just, yeah, I get it. It's just kind of like a dumb little thing. It's very much just a thing that they, they use to be a MacGuffin or whatever to progress the plot. It's not meant to be thought about, but looking at it again, having not seen it in a probably like maybe six or seven months that just really stuck out to me oh that is a pretty i do like the opening sequence getting to see mothra right away being one of my absolute favorite godzilla characters growing up I had all the toys dude so mothra gets subdued or tamed or whatever with this alpha frequency and then charles dance shows up and he and a bunch of eco terrorist mercenaries it's never really said what they are they talk about how they're mercenaries but they're also eco terrorists i don't know it it doesn't make a whole lot of sense but again we're not supposed to think too heavily about this uh they show up and they just so happen to show up just as uh mothra's hatched and the orca is now fully functional and they take vera formia and millie bobby brown as hostages or presumed hostages and sequence kind of over mothra just kind of is left there for reasons and then we're introduced to dr mark oh no i'm sorry uh dr mark russell is not introduced right away we go to a senate hearing where um thomas middleditch is giving a presentation on kaiju and kind of explaining why monarch needs to remain like a neutral program and neutral agency Whereas if it falls under government jurisdiction, it's basically just going to become a military operation and they're just going to kill everything or they're going to try and weaponize it. That's the sequence with uh, my favorite Amanda Waller, CCH Pounder. Greatest name ever, too. But that nice little little clip of maybe if we're good, we'll be his pet kind of deal. I thought it was a nice little I kind of like that whole thought of we're Godzilla's pets going down later on. Eventually, end of the movie, you see you know, where Godzilla's domain is and kind of like, oh, hey, we are those little pets. Like, I think that's kind of a little interesting way to put it. Yeah, it puts a, an interesting perspective on it. Godzilla is not just like a protector, but he is a pet owner with anyone who owns a pet and they, they enjoy their pet. They're not just a shithead pet owner. 
they will do almost anything for their pets. I'm assuming they've based this off of stuff in the animal kingdom too, because I know there's a species of spider that keeps little frogs as pets. It's, I, I can't remember the actual species name or anything like that, but I know it's, I love animals, so I see stupid stuff like this and just sticks in my brain forever. God, I could tell you a hundred sloth facts in 10 seconds here, but <laughs> they, it, I know too much about sloths. That's dumb. But no, there is a specific, they keep little, these little spiders in there or these little frogs, I'm sorry, as little pets essentially. And they eat the little bugs that try and eat their eggs. Really interesting. I have to get you connected with Matt from the, uh, for real podcast. He's full of weird animal facts as well. Dude, I watch those freaking documentaries all the time, like Planet Earth and everything. Sit there with my mouth open going, that's fucking cool. Is it David Attenborough who? Oh, God. He's like, he's like 100 years old. And he'll still be doing these things. He's, he's like literally like 95 or something. His voice is just like, I could, I could listen to him talk about paint dry. Like him and Morgan Freeman should just narrate a movie together and it would literally probably be about nothing. I, That'd be the greatest ASMR ever. Yeah. They should narrate a Godzilla movie. <laughs> <laughs> and Godzilla came off and he started burning, killing everything. <laughs> <laughs> Rawr. <laughs> Can't do a Morgan Freeman Rawr. It's just not happening. Ken Watanabe's character, Ishiro, Dr. Ishiro Sirizawa, gets a call that Godzilla's freaking out about something. And he goes and picks up Dr. Mark Russell because his wife and daughter are now taken by terrorists. Dr. Mark Russell is very much like all these Titans need to die because they killed my son and I don't like them. And that's kind of his character until halfway through the movie. And then he's kind of starts seeing things a little differently. Halfway, three quarters of the way, whatever. But that's pretty much him. The whole it, it's super cliche, though, almost like that. They have to have some character like. I can't stand the Titans. Maybe we just need to see eye to eye. Like, 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 okay. So we move to Antarctica. Dr. Mark Russell is following along uh, these eco-mercenary terrorists who are trying to set the Titans free. And they have moved to the Antarctic where they're going to release Monster Zero, uh, who anyone who knows Godzilla lore is King Ghidorah. In this sequence, we discover that Emma is actually part of these terrorists. She's working it with them. She's not just a hostage. And she has this ulterior motive of the Titans release some kind of radiation that springs forward new fertile ground, kind of like when volcanoes erupt. And Millie Bobby Brown apparently is in on it. I can't remember her. Madison. Her name is Madison. Uh, Madison is kind of okay with this because she has a, a different understanding of what's going to happen. But once they release Ghidorah, everything goes to shit for their plan. I do like that sequence a lot, though, of him emerging from the ice. Like, that was really freaking cool. I like how the heads fight each other, too. <laughs> like, did you, if you notice that, like the one, like the ones, like the dumb head, they like bite at it. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, that's the best <laughs> meme ever is the, the two heads and then the derpy head. Oh, God. Yes. We, they need to do like a, another version of it but it's like not dubbed but like, like dub they dub over with the creatures with like someone voice actors it's like you have two voice actors and gilbert godfrey's the third head <laughs> <laughs> like that's like the lion king where they did like the one and a half where it's like in the perspective of timon and puba but doing like king Ghidorah's perspective but like the three voices <laughs> sure all right we'll get disney on the phone 
You wouldn't watch it. <laughs> I, you know, I would. Really? I would. Come on. I know you would too. I would try Gilbert Gottfried voice, but I'm, it's not going to work out very well. No, not this late at night. We're both pretty tired. <laughs> so Ghidorah breaks out and all hell breaks loose. Mark is heartbroken because his wife is evil, or at least he perceives her to be evil. And now she's got her daughter either conforming to this eco-terrorist group or just she's essentially kidnapped her own daughter. It's, it's unclear. And again, the human plot of this movie is just so messy and convoluted. And it also, it's very straightforward and cliched. It's really weird. Uh, but that's not why we're here. We're here for giant monster fights. And Godzilla shows up to give us exactly what we want. He shows up a little slimmer, too, than the first movie. It's like he lost a little bit of weight from all that hibernation. He was a thick boy in that first one, i tell you what. <laughs> that fight was really cool. He just came out like a total badass from underneath the ice. Just like I was like, yes. The, the monster fights in this movie, I think that's the reason I like them, this movie so much. Just because it was so well done. Just like it, the atmosphere anyways. Like you see Ghidorah come out all huge. And then you see Godzilla. You're just like, yes, I want to watch this forever. Fight. Fight for my entertainment. <laughs> yeah, the action is very, the, the pacing is very, it's picked up. It, it's it, It's high adrenaline. And there's not much that uh, the first movie, as far as the action goes, besides the scale of it, because that's one thing that Gareth Edwards really, really excels at is the scale of of how big these monsters are. Whereas this movie, the did he direct the second one? No, no he didn't direct the second one, did he? No, I think I, I still think have so. the IMDb pulled up. Let me pull that up real quick here. Nope, that's not it. IMDb. Nope, I didn't. Because oh, I think he is. was supposed to do... was. Wasn't he doing the Star Wars? He he did Rogue One. He was done to Rogue One with that. That's um, which I mean, he even kind of got fired from Rogue One. But that's also kind of the deal with Star Wars movies now. Uh, Michael Doherty is the director of this movie. He also gets a writing credit. He he has a writing credit for Superman Returns, Krampus, X Two, X Men United. Uh, he also gets a story credit for Godzilla versus Kong. He gets a story credit for X-Men Apocalypse. Oh, Lord. So this guy's very hit and miss. He's he's kind of the, uh, uh, oh, geez, what's his name? Simon Kinberg of the MonsterVerse, essentially, I guess. Where is he a good producer, director, writer, or is he just knowing the right people and getting paydays on these things? So yeah, Godzilla shows up. And I well, the one thing I really enjoyed about this fight uh, is it happens pretty early on where Godzilla goes for the atomic breath and he's going to just shoot for the middle head and they just all the heads just kind of bob out of the way it's it shows how quick and smart Ghidorah is compared to godzilla well he's got the three brains it's like the opposite of the whole avengers line should have gone for the head should have went for the middle the biggest part of him is <laughs> like gut yeah so we we learn later on after this interaction where godzilla gets i is it a draw more or less or does godzilla get defeated i think godzilla gets defeated I feel like this is kind of one of those rare two for ones where Ghidorah wins twice and then Godzilla wins the final round. I know. I think the first one was a little bit more of a draw because don't I can't I'm trying to remember. It's been a while since I've watched it as well. I'm pretty sure it doesn't like something happens where like he falls in the ice and then Ghidorah just takes off in the sky. That could be. And, like, but again, Godzilla's that could be considered him. a Godzilla or a, a Ghidorah win. It, yeah, it's it's. Yeah, we'll we'll go ahead and award that. If one. they go to the car, if you go to the cards, I think Ghidorah wins. Sure. 
I'll take. So then we get a little bit of exposition and we get introduced to my favorite character in the movie, Dr. Rick Stanton, played by Bradley Whitford. The guy from uh, Billy Madison. Yes. And also the West Wing, but mostly Billy Madison. Yes, he's the the bad guy from Billy Madison. Uh, he everything he says in this movie is just fantastic. You know who he based his character off of for the movie? Is correct? it Michael Bay? <laughs> no, it is not. It is uh, Rick Sanchez from Rick and Morty. I wouldn't know that because again, that's that's another part of my nerddom that is very wide open. I guess I I still have I've tried watching Rick and Morty like three different times, and I just I can't get into it. I'm not going to like, you know, a lot of the people in that fandom don't are just like, you're just not smart enough to understand. It's literally not that much to understand, but. And then they're still going to go abuse McDonald's employees for their Szechuan sauce. Yeah. Fandoms are stupid for the most part. The extremists anyways. In those yeah. Things. But no, like, yeah, he, I was, I was watching something about it. He said, yeah, I based my character off of Rick. He's like, he's got the gray hair. He drinks kind of heavily. He's smart, but he just says shit randomly sometimes. And. He kind of did throughout the movie. He didn't really you know, hold his tongue back for anything. Yeah, he just kind of said whatever popped into his face. And yeah, it, it worked out really well. So I'm going to kind of gloss over a lot of the human stuff because a lot of it is just exposition. What happens next is the eco-terrorists go and they wake up Rodan from, uh, was it Brazil? You got the big Jesus statue. So I'm pretty sure that's like Rio de Janeiro. Yeah, so one thing I, I want to give credit to this movie for is the monster designs are really good, but they're also not scary because I watched this, I think it was yesterday or maybe two days ago with my oldest kid who's six. And they they laughed when Rodan, Rodan came out of the volcano. They're like, oh, he looks goofy. He's a big pterodactyl. It's supposed to be scary about him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he looks kind of like a Skeksis from uh, the Dark Crystal. But at the same time, not like we. I don't know. The Skeksis are more terrifying to me than Rodan is. He just looked like a. I play too many games of dinosaurs, dude. They usually look like a big freaking pterodactyl. I I did like the sequence of him flying, like the hurricane like winds coming off and just sweeping everything away. That sequence was really cool. Yeah, the the entire Rodan unveiling was really cool. Like again, but the character designs are not scary to a point. I think when uh, when my kid was getting scared, it was more about the environment because. Ghidorah just constantly has a, a thunderstorm around it. So I think that kind of scared my kid more because they are more afraid of like thunderstorms in like the warmer seasons. But like the the character designs or the creature designs, I think uh they're they're very friendly to to kids. Cause I mean these movies are kind of meant to be taken in by most ages. They do drop an F-bomb in this movie at some point, which I thought was really funny because there's there's a guy who's like, oh fuck it. And then maybe maybe not even five minutes later, there's a moment where he's, there's another guy going, oh, shh. And then he gets exploded before he can finish the shit. And it's like, you just dropped an F-bomb. Why are you censoring a shit? <laughs> God, I got to say it. <laughs> as soon as he's got, he sees Ghidorah, fuck. <laughs> the only thing Godzilla ever says, just once. Or this motherfucker again. <laughs> oh, now we had, oh. We're voicing character Samuel L. Jackson gets to voice Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> so now we get a really interesting three-way battle with Godzilla, Rodan, and Ghidorah, if I remember. Or no, Rodan gets taken out of the fight, doesn't it? Godzilla's still in the water, and they they get to Rodan with the big ship, and they're trying to get him to follow him. And they lead him right towards Ghidorah, and then Rodan gets his ass kicked. Yeah, Ro- Rodan becomes Ghidorah's bitch pretty quickly. Oh, yes. He is his prison bitch right there. 
It, well, it did not take long. He's like, I'm going to go fight. He's like, ah, whatever you want. Like, uh, what's his name from uh, the, the one shot, the Hell Hill of King, Justin Hammer? Yes. Sam Rockwell's character. <laughs> yeah. He's like, <laughs> got his prison bitch. That's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty. Then that whole sequence of, we're sending a bomb in. It's the oh, the oxygen deprivator or something like that. Ox- yeah, yeah. The technology has made a pretty big jump since the Godzilla 2014, and they have uh, an oxygen deprivator, oxygen evaporator, something where it'll suck all the oxygen out of an area and it'll kill pretty much anything that breathes oxygen in that area. And they decide let's throw it in water because that'll fix the problem. And yeah. It did, it did really well for killing fish. Yeah. I mean, you got to sell it pretty quickly, but if, if you got a lot of people that like fish in the area, cool. Uh, so they basically kill Godzilla be- with this, but Rodan's like, or not Rodan, uh, Ghidorah's like, I don't breathe air, bitches, and flies away. That's when uh, Ghidorah gets his head ripped off, the one head ripped off the first time. Yes, and then the derpy head becomes even more derpy. Yes, because then I remember the sequence of him standing on the building and it like... <sighs> It comes out like all quick, like yeah, it, it regrows kind of like a, a lizard will regrow its tail, which I, again, that's kind of cool and gross all at the same time because he like rips off the amniotic sac from the head so that it can grow and all this. I like that, it was neat. Then that's he starts doing his little call, and all the uh, oh, they're um, oh, how many did they say? I can't remember. Titans, yeah, they said there's like 17 that they have found. Yeah, I'm trying to remember all the ones I know for sure I've seen. I know the behemoth was the one that's like a big mammoth almost. Uh, Scylla was the crab looking like one with the tentacles. There's another Muto, Muto, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, another Muto. Um, Rodan shows up again. Being a being very is it Goldar bitchy for Ghidorah as well. Like shows up and just does a bow. He's like, I'm I'm your your right hand man, even though I'm useless. He's the Starscream of those. Starscream, movies. Goldar, all the same. They are. Trying, there's some other like weird looking crab like one I can't remember. There's a lot of cool looking ones. I know they're in the, like I was telling you before this, like the, with the comics, they kind of go into a little bit talking about more some of the other ones you didn't really see, which I think is unique, but I would like to see some of those ones actually in the movie. The more monsters, the better. Can't say, can't call anyone king of the monsters and there's like five monsters. Like, <laughs> okay, cool. Well, they're just the ones that could get there in time. They, they didn't get the memo. Did they explain why Mothra wasn't like all, oh no, I need to go, go to this Titan do they explain that? So I think when they're moving to the Antarctic, there's like a really quick news sequence or uh, a monarch feed where they show uh, larva Mothra has gone to a waterfall and has gone chrysalis to become Mothra. And so when Ghidorah is doing its thing and summoning all the other Titans, uh, Mothra is kind of immune to it, I guess, because she's uh, metamorphosizing. She's changing. What about Kong then? He just stuck on the island, like, oh, can't make it. Sorry. Well, I, I mean, jumping ahead a little bit, if we're talking what's Kong doing, Kong probably is still in that containment field. I mean, we don't really know exactly. Oh, yeah. I forgot about We don't that. know when yeah. that storm hits that they, I mean, and that's a, that's another thing. Like, when did, so the storm wipes out the entire civilization on Skull Island and they build this containment unit, but they built it in the middle of this gigantic storm. It killed a bunch of people. Yeah, they were working on it. Like a couple of them got struck by lightning. It was a big lawsuit. Can you hear about that? <laughs> so yeah, um, 
Ghidorah puts out a call and wakens all the Titans or as many Titans as it can. And they start destroying everything in sight. And uh, yeah, so Emma's all pissed off because that's not what the plan was. They didn't realize Monster Zero was going to create these plans. And Charles Dance is like, well, this is what's happening now. So get on board or get off. And then the whole other human thing where she's wavering. And Millie Bobby Brown's like, yep, nope, I'm stealing this. Yeah, I, I completely forgot that the whole crux of the the climax of the movie relies on Charles Dance and Vera Vermeer's character just sitting next to a hot mic and Millie Bobby Brown is able to hear them talking over an intercom system and she's like oh I'll go to Fenway and do this that thing that my mom was talking about doing and then the the climax kicks off but other than that like other than Ken Watanabe and his monarch people going into the hollow earth to re, uh, basically give Godzilla radioactive CPR. There's not much else happening, but they, they pad like an extra 30 or 40 minutes into the movie. That was, I, I did like that sequence of them going down and, Oh, look, we've looked at all these tunnels and everything. We're going to the hollow earth and we're down here now. Look at this cool, crazy civilization that worship Godzilla. Ken Watanabe did not need to die. He was the soul of the movie, damn it. But it was, I did like the sequence of him, the whole explaining the, with the nuclear bomb and the, the stopwatch he had from Hiroshima was, it was pretty neat. I, I did like that little bit of backstory, I guess, for his character, which in Godzilla vs. Kong, his son was in there for no freaking reason. Yeah, there's a lot that we'll talk about that uh, clearly got cut from Godzilla vs. Kong. So yeah, Godzilla gets revitalized or he gets CPR with the nuke. And then we get basically get kicked off into the climax of the movie, which is Godzilla versus Ghidorah round three. Because of this nuclear device, Godzilla is on a like 10 minute timer before he goes like thermonuclear and just like starts literally melting buildings. Yes, burning Godzilla like in the old movies. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah, I I had I'm not extraordinarily familiar with Godzilla lore. I knew that was something from the movies. I thought it was more recent with like Shin Godzilla because Shin Godzilla does some crazy shit with the character and like that I'm I'm a grown ass man, but I will say that Shin Godzilla the design alone give, will give me nightmares if I even look at it for too long. Oh god, when unhinges his jaw. Uh, like, oh yeah, oh no. Uh, no. I don't like Looks I don't like, like uh, it. The vamp Looks like the vampires from Blade. They did like a little <laughs> split jaw thing. Yeah. But yeah, I, I haven't watched Shin Godzilla. I'm just like, I don't know. I've heard yeah, it's fantastic. And if you can get past the like creature design where it's, it, it is a lot more grotesque and it, it does lean more into like the horror genre. It, I've heard it's fantastic. But again, for me, it, it's not for me. I, even just watching the trailer, I'm like, no, thank you. That just looks gross. I agree. Are you going to see Mothra finally in all her glory? For about two minutes, but you know she does she does yeah. some good stuff. She pull she Colson's Rodan, but unfortunately she doesn't finish the job. Her freaking just her getting those wings up trying to protect Godzilla when he's knocked down. I was like, no, don't kill my character. But that was I like the design change on her that they made that a lot better in my opinion. I I like the classic look, but they looked like a more modernized take on her, and I like that a lot. Then Godzilla gets all pissed off and starts getting hot. Goes Super Saiyan. He's like, oh, he's all crazy. <laughs> wasn't there like a some like if I remember, wasn't this one like music kicked in or was a little bit more like like some rap beat almost? 
I can't, or am I, imagining I can't that? say that I, I remember the music as much. I just remember, again, my, my kid was watching this with me and, uh, and they were just like really into it. And they're, what the heck is happening with Godzilla? Why is he red now? And I'm just like, they, they got supercharged with the, the bomb that they set off. And now he's going to just literally melt Boston. I think I'm confusing it with the, the trailer for Godzilla vs. Kong where they have like the music in it. That moment where he's just sitting there, he's all hot and melting the buildings next to him. And Ghidorah looks at him, he's like, shit. There's another movement moment for the fuck moment. Like, fuck, <laughs> Godzilla's pissed. That was freaking sweet. So we, we get a good, we get a really good, really extended fight sequence with Godzilla and Ghidorah. We get some more human stuff that doesn't really matter. So Vera Vermeer's character kind of takes the only route she can to be redeemed in this, which is to sacrifice herself for the greater good. Uh, she realizes that if she takes the orca onto the plane with her family, she's going to basically kill them. So she takes a Jeep and she goes and draws Ghidorah away to buy Godzilla time. That was the most useful she was all movie. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, she, yeah, I don't know. The, the human stuff just... It obviously serves a point in advancing the, the monster fights, but it's not that interesting. No, I I definitely liked, I liked the, the original Godzilla, Aaron Taylor Johnson. That human side story was, I, it was well done, objectively speaking anyways, but compared to this one where it's just like, okay, I get it. You lost your kid, it sucks. Well, half of you is like, I'm trying to understand the Titans. The other ones, I'm trying to hate them forever. Yeah, it, it's a really convoluted, discourse because she's trying to bring them she's trying to bring back more titans so that it kind of counteracts global warming but at the same time it's going to cost millions of lives whereas mark is wanting to kill the titans because they kill millions of people but it's going to essentially come at the cost of the planet so it's it's a weird balance issue which again they don't do a good enough job of justifying anything yeah, it's it's a whatever story for me. It's, I'm there for the monster fights, the humans, whatever. I don't care if they're even in the movie. I don't even need to narrate anything. Just subtitle the movie. I don't care. Yeah, the the human stuff is is something that they they've progressively gotten slightly better at. I think King of the Monsters took a step backward because again, it wasn't that interesting, especially when most of the humans we're spending time with are just expositing what the monsters are doing or trying to justify what the monsters are doing. That little scene though of Ghidorah chasing her was pretty cool though. And Godzilla like finally she like looks and Godzilla's just sitting there all burning up. She's like, "You're fucked." Yeah. And Godzilla's like, "It's time! It's time!" The the monster fights, yeah, they're they're a lot of fun, but the human stuff just it's not extraordinarily engaging, and it's it's pretty cliched stuff. You're you're concerned for the well being of the kid. The the parents are divorced because of a loss, and everything else is just kind of big almost shield like not government agency that's supplying all this technology we don't even really need the technology other than the orca but they've got these other things that again like if you want to go by the with the round by round uh, system Kidora kind of wins round one because he uh, knocks guys all through the ice and then he just kind of flies away and then round two Ghidorah is definitely winning but then he gets he gets the win because of the outside interference from the the oxygen deprivator. Well, Godzilla did have him underwater and it ripped one head off. 
So, I mean, he was holding his own, I guess, in the second one. So it was, I'd say the second one might be a little bit more of the draw. It's a DQ finish in favor of Godzilla, I would say, because, again, the government interferes. True. Okay. I'm fine with that. Then, yeah, round three is just, it's it's a pretty, it's a good fight. Ghidorah's beating his ass for a while, then Godzilla's just like, yep, nope, time to lose. Godzilla hulks up and uh, he, <laughs> Hulkamania runs wild. <laughs> 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 no, don't put that image in my head. <laughs> it's there. Give him the freaking mustache, the do rag, and the freaking shirt. <laughs> so, I, yeah, overall, again, if you're just looking for like a popcorn movie to turn your brain off and watch giant monsters destroy it, literally destroy an entire city, King of the Monsters is a lot of fun. It's not going to win any Oscars. It, it didn't win any Oscars. <laughs> Probably not even close. No, I, I'm pretty sure it didn't even get nominated for like best visual effects or anything. It's kind of a shame. The monsters looked really good. Yeah, the, I mean, the creature design definitely looked good. Um, I mean, they they clearly tried to keep it a little bit more animated because they didn't want to scare people or at least scare kids because it needs to be accessible for the merchandising. Um, there there is one scene when they're first when Ghidorah first shows up at Fenway Park, where I, I it, to me she just looks is it Charizard is the big dragon. Pokemon, yes. Yeah. Um, if you line that shot up where Ghidorah, one of Ghidorah's heads is looking through the press box into uh at Billy Billy Millie Bobby Brown and the shot of one of the close-up shots of Charizard and Detective Pikachu, it's the same shot to me. I I, I couldn't tell a difference. So question because he goes thermonuclear, isn't Boston gonna be like a nuclear wasteland for a while? <laughs> or did it? So I think that the way they try to just... I was going to say, it's like, he just went thermonuclear. That place is going to be like a quarantine zone for like years. Well, I mean, he has atomic breath too. I mean, there's no nuclear fallout with it, but I think the way they try to justify it is there there are those quick little cutaways of like Las Vegas and uh, San Francisco where giant trees are now growing because the radiation that they excrete, for lack of a better word, uh, kind of... Re, it kind of it invigorates the uh it invigorates nature and plant you know, life. going into the whole end of the movie post credit scene thing i know they i guess they did kind of talk about how like pieces of titans are pretty much like the new big thing on black market so like excrements like poop and like you know obviously the big reveal at the yeah it, <laughs> like, do the titans poop he, like he talks about like uh, something about like I, it was like a quick thing talking about like the fecal matters like selling for a lot or something. Gross. So yeah, there there is a post credit scene that does set up Godzilla versus Kong. Kind of Charles Dance's character survives the events of the the movie, and he goes and buys a, the derpy chopped off head of Ghidorah from the second fight, and it kind of le- leaves at that. So like, what's he gonna do with that? And with that tease, we're going to call it an episode there. We were planning on reviewing Godzilla vs. Kong as well, but time ran over with some interruptions we had in uh, the real world pre-edit. So this is kind of going to be the end of the episode. So sorry for the abrupt ending, but we will come back and review Godzilla vs. Kong when we get the opportunity. Uh, I do want to thank Scotty for joining and being on the episode. And you can follow him at Scotty Don't Know on Twitter. You can follow me at Josh underscore Scar on Twitter. You can also follow the podcast at Talking Smack Pod. You can email us at tsmackpod at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out our friends at the Fuck My Work Life podcast. 
And everyone, thank you again so much for your time and listening. Have yourself a great week. Super month. I know I'm nitpicking <laughs> here, but like. Sounds like me with DC Titans. I still haven't watched that either. I, I don't recommend it. I, I figured. You would probably enjoy it. Honestly. Okay. The only reason I want to watch this is Alan Rickton's in it. Thad Castle from Blue Mountain State. If you've ever watched that. Uh, no, can't say that I have. I'm guessing he plays Hawkman, though, if I'm going to guess uh, from any character. Hawk, I think. Hawk and Dove is like yes, Hawk, Hawk and Dove. Yeah, sorry, not Hawkman. I'm Hawkman's a different Hawk person. Yes, he is. <laughs> that guy though is actually going to be the new Jack Reacher in yeah. the Amazon series, yep. I think, or Hulu. It's Amazon. I've seen the trailers. He was a uh, Raphael in the uh, Michael Bay TMNT movies. I can I can hear that actually. We need to do a, a an episode on those too because the second one was immensely better than the first one, which was great. I haven't seen the second one actually, and I really I've I've been meaning to because I've heard it's essentially just a big love letter to the nineties animated is, series. It is. Oh my god! Side note: side, pin this to the wall for a, a future podcast, but you need to watch it because it was actually Stephen Amell was in it. So at the time, I was like, "Oh, Arrow! I love Arrow!" So I had to watch it then. But oh my god, yes, you need to watch that. Okay, back to the other fighting rep <laughs> reptile. Is so the turtles, reptiles. I'm oh my god, amphibians. Michael Bay wanted to make them aliens. So oh yeah, he's an idiot. But <laughs> isn't he make, doing? Isn't his big big thing like an ambulance movie? Yeah, um, I can't remember who's in it. Is it Denzel Washington? No, <laughs> Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> Jake Gyllenhaal, and uh, I can't remember the other guy's name, but I've seen the trailer for it like a hundred times. It's just like. The most we can we can have a whole episode devoted to movies Michael Bay would make is the simplest titles, ambulance. He's gonna make a movie about goat, like a shepherd. And it's gonna be called Shepherd. And it's gonna be like explosions. He needs to get his flock to the other side of the field. <laughs> so okay, we keep sidetracking. Yeah, I mean, who who doesn't love a good tangent? It's true. The IMDb app isn't working for me, but yeah, whatever. It's a Michael Bay movie. It's going to be dumb, but maybe fun. Depends on your perspective. Ah, shoot. I didn't mean to close that. Come back here.